This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is HPR episode 1969, entitled Horrors of Spam, and the greater horror of filtering it. It's hosted by Joshua Knapp and is about 13 and a half minutes long. In this episode, we will cover the horror that is spam, when the first spam email was sent, and the greater horror, at least for hosting providers, that is filtering spam email. First, allow me to apologize. I have not done an episode of HPR since 2011. It was my DDoS and how to mitigate it show, and it's been really long. So I'm sorry I haven't jumped on to do another one of these in a while. Uh, Should have more time now that I'm working as a consultant and contractor. So look forward to seeing some more uh, podcasts from me. Second... I've been really trying hard to record this while it's been quiet in the house. But the last two days, there have been so many random noises and things like that. I don't think I'm ever going to get quiet. So if you hear a weird noise, just chalk it up to the dogs or the cats. Or our noisy dryer or the guy across the street that insists on mowing his lawn every day. Moving on into the actual meat of the podcast we're going to talk about the horrors of spam and the greater horror of filtering it spam is unwanted email Uh, it's mass sent it's not intended for you necessarily it's just tons and there's tons of them Uh, it's ridiculous it's started back in 1978 that that was when the first Spam email was sent May 3rd, 1978 by a guy named Gary. He was a marketer for the Digital Equipment Corporation and he blasted out his message to 400 of the 2600 uh, members on the DARPA or ARPANET, which was the DARPA funded so called first internet. And of course, he was trying to sell something. So that actually makes spam older than I am by magnitude of seven years yeah next bit i want to talk about is what you can do to prevent spam from hitting your mailbox most of you have gmail accounts or have corporate email accounts that already have inbound spam filtering and that is essentially looking at each message that's coming in and comparing it against different regex codes or signatures saying, is this email spammy? Yes, no. Are they talking about Viagra? And they're assigned a certain score. So 
if they're just saying Viagra is available for you, that will probably get you a four. But you sent or you get an email that says super hot date, women looking in your area, click here now. That's probably gonna get closer to a fifty on the spam list. Um but that's only one side of it, is that inbound filtering. As a hosting provider, we actually have to worry about both sides, what comes in and what goes out of our servers. Any email that is generated from our servers should be checked. And that should be the case with any hosting provider. Unfortunately, that's not the case with most hosting providers. If an email is generated, there's that potential that it's spam and it goes out and uh, gets that server blacklisted. That's one of the big issues with uh, hosting providers right now, shared hosting in particular, is you get one customer that's either been compromised or is intentionally spamming. They can actually blacklist an entire server because blacklists that are controlled by groups like SpamHoss, they have honeypots essentially set up that are email addresses that are intentionally scraped by these groups um, who are selling these email lists for spamming or at one way or another, they're on these lists and they capture these spam emails that come in and say, oh, we've gotten a bunch of these emails from this IP address. Let's add it to our blacklist. And that's another way to filter is not only by score of a email but a reputation of a server and that's the part that hosting providers really need to look out for is the reputation of the server how to protect that reputation because if the reputation becomes poor most providers will not accept emails from that ip address and if it's a bad enough problem they'll blacklist an entire range so a slash 24 i've seen it as bad as a slash 16 where a hosting provider has just been known to be a open door for spammers and they just allow anybody to uh, send out emails and an entire slash 16 for a company in the Netherlands actually got blacklisted. So how big of a problem are we talking about with spam? Uh, at Nonest Host, we typically see just shy of 70% of the email that comes in through our servers that gets passed through, which is usually... Uh, forwarders. Uh, forwarders are our biggest uh, source of email that gets caught in our spam filter. And we're looking at just shy of 70% on a server that does 2,000 emails. So maybe we're extra spammy. I don't know. But a bigger hosting company that I've done consulting and contracting for is just shy of 60% for 25 of their shared servers on a single cluster that we've set up. And that cluster does about 100,000 emails. That's 60,000 emails that don't go out onto the internet. It gets stopped at that point because of the outbound spam filtering that they're doing. And they've got somebody working that full-time. It's a full-time job for them. But what's the big deal, you know... You're worried about the messages being in the inbox. What's the big deal? It, it's it's just an email. I'll delete it. Without spam filtering in place, you will typically see a few hundred spam emails 
uh, if it's an easy guest email like admin info if it's your name dot or something along those lines it's a little bit harder to guess but if your emails listed on a website scrapers go through and look for email addresses I mean that's why a lot of uh, websites like php.net I think even HPR if I remember I'm pretty sure we don't just put an email address on the page we modify it so that it's not easy for a scraper to just grab the email off the next big issue becomes the resources that are involved with processing those emails when spam emails are sent out and let's say it's not even generating from the server that got sent out from let's say it's a forwarder the receiving server is having to do the work of saying is this spam and if it is take appropriate action companies like gmail microsoft most of your major isps which that's a whole nother humorous point to me is isps because they'll they're the first ones to go off and blacklist somebody for sending spam but they are some of the worst offenders for sending spam those guys if you send enough spam they'll go off and start rate limiting rate limiting the ip address that the email is coming from blacklisting the domain that the emails are coming from and then blacklisting the server and those three in particular are incredibly hard to get off of their spam list uh yahoo's another one really hard to get off their spam list and when you're on those spam lists it's not just the single domain that was sending the spam it's now everybody on that server so your legitimate business is now being filtered as spam because somebody had a forwarder set up that forwarded spam onto these guys so it's really important for hosting providers to know what kind of emails going out from their servers and filtering that before it goes to the server or goes to the end result um, or end server the other problem we're seeing is spammers are getting craftier uh, specifically with the phishing emails they're starting to get really really close to the actual emails there have been a couple that had I not known it was spam would have fooled me and sometimes they're not getting uh, craftier but they're targeting more people uh, my roommate his aunt called about five or six months ago because his grandma was trying to send a thousand dollars to somebody who had sent her an email asking to have her send a thousand dollars via western uh, mutual or western union excuse me uh western union to get him out of jail because he had crashed into somebody killed them and now was being held on a thousand dollar bail and they went so far as after she responded to go off and call her and get her to start that process but she had to go down to the store to visit western union but she couldn't drive thankfully and his aunt called him instead of 
you know, doing the logical thing, you know, call Justin and see what's going on. She took this email at face value and was going to pay somebody, a random person, $1,000 because she thought her grandson was in jail. The other thing that we're also seeing is viruses, uh, crypto virus uh, work. The last place I worked at uh, for my day job, their legal department had somebody that opened up an email address. It legitimately looked like an email that had come from their IT department, but instead it was a Word document that had a crypto virus. And those crypto viruses are particularly nasty because they don't just encrypt the local system. They encrypt any drive that that person can see. In this case, it ended up encrypting the entire uh, remote network storage, including all the backups for every computer that was connected to that network. Fortunately, my team, we were on a separate network, so we weren't affected, but everybody got nailed by that. And the same old, same old comes up with stolen identity, guys. Uh goes right back to those fishers. They are getting really good at falsifying the stuff that they're putting on there. And it very rarely leads anybody back to who actually did it because it starts from a compromised web server, typically, where they've uploaded a version of a website that looks identical. It's just got a weird URL, but people rarely look at the URLs anymore. So a little PSA. Look at the URL before you go off and put your login credentials in. So I'm hoping over the course of this brief podcast, you guys have kind of gotten that idea why hosting providers not only need to worry about inbound spam filtering, but outbound spam, spam filtering. Since I am now working from home, I'm hoping to get more podcasts done. That being said, it did take me five years to do this one, so maybe not hold your breath, but here's hoping, right? Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.